Hello and welcome back to another episode of Are We We There Yet? Yet? With Ben and Nikki. And not Salem. But this entire episode is actually about him. It is. And we're actually really excited to share with you everything about raising a puppy in a van. You guys had a ton of amazing feedback on our last episode. It was all about going full time and the commercial photography side of things. But we're going to break it up this time. This episode is all about Salem. Now, he hasn't been here in any of these episodes yet. Uh, He's having a lovely sleep right now. He's being a very good boy. But we're going to go through kind of everything about what we've been through, raising a puppy in a van and what that's been like. Because a lot of people have said to us, hey, isn't that really hard or isn't that weird? Or there's been a million questions about having a dog in a van. So here it is. Here are our answers. Let's get right on into it. Who is Mr. Salem Bigger? Why Salem, bigger? Am I the male in this relationship? Well, legally, he's your dog on paper. <laughs> Salem Bigger. So Salem Bigger. Or do you think it should be Salem War? Also, Salem Bigger, and he's so small, so it's kind of ironic. Maybe it's kind of funny. Anyways, he is a toy Australian shepherd, Blue Merle. and he What has, does a Blue Merle look like for people like, that have never seen one? They're like the freckly... Black, gray, white, brown colored dogs. Imagine the most delicious caramel treat you have ever seen in your life. He's like a a tiramisu, actually. He's so gorgeous. He's like a tiramisu dog. I was editing photos of him today, and I just looking at him like, wow, you were insane. If you were a human, you would just be like a showstopper, you know? Hottie. (laughs) Hottie but hottie. He is six months now, and I have to say... Even Ben and I talk about it all the time. We're like, wow, we did a really good job because this dog is like so well trained for six months. Most of the time, people's dogs are like a year, year and a half are not this well trained. And it's because we're assholes. No, but honestly, it's because we're super strict. Because mom and dad don't want an annoying little turd running around, barking at things, biting things, chewing things. We don't have the patience, to be honest. And I think to deal with the annoying bit in the beginning so you don't have to deal with it for the rest of your life or in his life is probably the best way to go about it. Um, so we have patience for the training part, but we don't have patience for a bad dog. He's been really, really good, actually. I think that, you know, I'm going to thank the universe for putting a nice, friendly soul dog inside our dog. He's the sweetest soul. He's a very sweet little dog and he's very happy to have pats and he loves people and he loves cuddles and he's just very friendly. He's just so happy. For anyone that's met Salem in real life, he is he's always excited to see people. He always wants a pat. He always wants a hug. So if you guys have the opportunity to see Salem and you are walking down the street, please come and say hello. Give him a big cuddle. He loves it. All right, so we want to talk about training and if it was harder in the van or harder in the house or what our thoughts were on all of that. I think that the number one question we've actually had related to training, it's like the first thing people ask is about toilet training a dog. I think when you think of training a dog, it's either that or tricks is the two kind of like main things that come to mind. And toilet training for Salem was actually an absolute breeze. Like he he was really good. And the reason he's good though is because where we got him... He was in a kennel and he was born in like the summer, spring. So there was grass on the ground and he was in a kennel and the kennel was placed outside. So he felt grass on his paws when he was peeing all the time. So when we got him, he honestly didn't make a mistake at all because every time he was on grass and living in a van, you're on grass a lot because you're outside a lot. 
and he would just pee when he's on grass and he would not pee inside the van. I would say that to this day he hasn't had an accident in the van, but literally just a couple of days ago, poor that little Mr. Salem got the bum wheeze <laughs> and he couldn't hold it in and his butthole exploded all through the, <laughs> the back of the van when we were driving to Banff. Uh, poor but dude. Honestly, no, he was really good. Like we would take him out of the van quite often, obviously, like every, he's a puppy and he's got a tiny ass little bladder. So we'd pick him up, put him on the grass and he would just go. Then we take him back in the van and he just knew not to go in there, which is amazing. So a massive shout out to SR Aussies for raising the most beautiful, very well-trained puppies I've ever met. But something, like a little hint to give you guys, because we're obviously going to talk about Salem, but a little tip for you, maybe it's better to buy a dog or purchase a dog that um, is like born in the summer and, or spring that has that summer experience. Um, because I don't really want to talk about Frankie because uh, it makes me really sad. But Frankie was my old dog. Anyways, um, he was born in the winter and just had like snow on his paws. So it was actually really hard to train him in an apartment on the third floor with no elevator. It was probably the most annoying thing. And just to experience this where a dog who already knows exactly where to pee and the van, it's not going down three flight of stairs. It's just like jumping out the door. It was so much easier. Where we used to live in the van a lot of the time, uh, when we were in the mountains in particular, it was a beautiful spot where we could just open the door in the morning, we were on grass and we could just pop Salem outside and off he goes and it was awesome. So yeah, honestly, he's been a very, very good dog. And now that we're in the apartment, he's really, really great in here too. Like He doesn't have any issues here. Uh, if he needs to go, he just like stands at the door. But for the most part, we let him out every couple of hours and he's just absolutely perfect. Yeah, we have a timer in our brains and it's like 8 a.m., 12, uh, maybe, f- f- I don't know, 4 and then 9 or something. Like four times a day, I would say. We just know that, okay, it's about time. It's honestly probably more often than he actually needs to go. But yeah. it's just, you know, you don't want to be sitting there holding it in and yeah. not being able to communicate to anyone. So we just take him out more often. And I suppose that also ties in with us being able to work from home. Yeah. And I make Ben do it all the time, especially in the blizzards. <laughs> yeah, last night I'm it was insane. It was. I went outside and there was literally snow tornadoes spinning <laughs> through the fields. And this huge one came blasting through. And I had to like cover my face because I couldn't see. And I opened my eyes and I look at Salem and he's like completely covered in snow, the poor little thing. And he's looking at me and the only part of him not covered in snow was his eyeballs. <laughs> that must have been so cute. <laughs> poor little dude. He's probably like, Dad, help me. Yeah, I put his jacket on him after that. <laughs> All right, number two is sleeping and getting getting him to like sleep comfortably in the van. And for anyone that's owned a dog or had a puppy in the past, you know that the worst time or the worst thing you have to do is train them to just sleep throughout the night. And they cry a lot. It sucks. It's honestly really, really annoying. But I would say for the most part, he wasn't too bad. He was definitely horrible for the first I would say the nights. first week was not fun. Um, the first three nights were the worst though. yeah the first week was not fun and then let's say i would say the first two weeks was like eh, this isn't really shitty but after that it was amazing and he totally understood that night is sleeping and to go inside his bed it was awesome yeah oh so a little hint that i do want to say with sleeping um the first three nights that were horrible we had his kennel on the bed and my fingers were like in the kennel so that he could at least like lick them and just know that someone's there. Yeah, I think the biggest fear for dogs is that you've just disappeared forever and they have no concept of time, which I always find kind of amusing about dogs that 
you leave the house and they're like, oh my God, what if they never come back? They're never going to come back. Oh my God, I'm never going to see them again. And their brains must just go <laughs> like overdrive. I'd love to know what they were thinking. They have no concept of time. They, they don't get it. And then, I so anyway, us sleeping with our hands in his little kennel, it like, you know, made him realize that we were there and we weren't just going to abandon him. It helped. And then slowly the hands were out of the kennel, but he was still between us on the bed in our van. And then slowly he went to the ground and then everything was great from there, I would say. Yeah, he's been really good. And now that we're in the apartment, he's just sleeps out in the lounge room and he's chill. Yeah, and comparing it to the last one where I trained him in an apartment, I actually still did the fingers in the kennel thing. That's why I remembered it. And he was just like beside my bed, fingers in the kennel. And slowly I would move him outside of my bedroom and then into the living room area. And just on getting your dog to get comfortable in its kennel, This is something we did day one with Salem. We opened up his little kennel, his little house, and we put some treats in there and we were expecting him to, you know, not be comfortable with it straight away. We'll take the treats and run. Yeah, like like, carefully go in, grab the treats and then be like, I'm out of here, bye. (laughs) And he just went in and lay down and munched on his treats inside and he was so chill. He's like, oh, thanks. This is my house, I guess. He's like, wow, a little house just for me. Thanks, guys. And it was just like, I couldn't believe it. He He was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, that's sleeping at nighttime, that's sleeping in his kennel. Um, I suppose for anyone that is like raising a puppy or, or hoping to get a puppy soon, keep that kennel open and put treats in there. Don't like force them in and zip it up because that's terrifying for them. Just like make it as comfortable, the whole training process, you want it to be as comfortable as possible. But in saying that, you kind of also want it, them to get used to all of the craziness of real life. So the very first day we had Salem... We went and parked somewhere in a beautiful grassy open area where we could hang out with him. And it was honestly right near a train. Not like dangerously near a Not train. Not dangerously near like a train. You but could like, hear a train. It was like, whoa, that's a train right it there. It was pretty loud. And so obviously like driving in the van is going to have to be very normal to a dog that lives in a van and loud noises and all those kinds of things. So we wanted him to just be really comfortable with strange loud sounds. And he could see that we weren't freaking out about them. So he never freaked out about them. And the same thing for thunderstorms and all that kind of stuff. Like just getting them used to all that normal stuff and not babying them when they get scared, just act normal. They'll realize, oh, there's nothing to worry about. And that's worked really well for us. And also just like picking him up or like running up behind him and like kind of scaring him and stuff. Not to say that we're like traumatizing this dog. Psychopathic animal (laughs) parents. But like just um, getting him used to like sudden jolts of movement and stuff. And especially the one on the back, like now we can just pick him up. I do it like five times a day. I just pick him up and just give him now a he's hug. on. It's like you're holding like a little baby in your arms. It's really nice. I suppose just on that, we could have talked about it earlier, like later, but uh, I, while we're here, another really good thing that we've done with Salem a lot is imagine like what a one-year-old child would do to a dog because they have no concept of like, you know, anything about an animal. So they're just like patting it really heavy or maybe they're tugging on its legs or pulling on its ears or those kinds of things. It's like, we obviously weren't doing it hard to Salem, but like just doing odd, odd interactions with him that aren't like normal. So he got used to it very, very quickly. Like squeezing his paws gently and like rubbing your fingers between his fingers type of area. Just like toe beans, just like really weird. Um, I don't know. Just like we're yeah, pulling or like his legs. Picking him up, putting him upside down, or like spinning him around, or like just flicking like, his ears back and forth. Yeah, just doing like funny stuff. things because then anytime anyone interacts with him, it's all it's not new to him. Like my biggest fear is that 
some child is like, can I pet your dog? And then we say yes. And then they do something weird to Salem and he bites the child. And then not only were you feeling terrible, we're probably getting sued and Salem gets put down. So we've made a really intentional decision to like do those weird things with him so that in the case that some child does something crazy, he's like, oh yeah, I felt that before. That's totally normal. And the same thing with that is, we actually intentionally take his food off him just by surprise when he's mid-eating or too. his like um, bully stick treat. A bully stick is a... Bull like, penis. A bull penis. A dried out bull penis. So weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like when he has a, a bone in his mouth or if he has a bowl of food or treats or something, just like I, I often just grab it out of his mouth without even any warning to him because I don't want him to growl at me or growl at anyone or anything like that in another situation. So just getting him used to... All that weird stuff is has been so good for him. Yeah, it's been awesome. And talking about food, let's talk about food. Um, so since day one, and this is slowly tapered off uh, while we've had him and while he's like knowing all his treats or tricks and stuff, we haven't fed him in a bowl. So from day one, we'd feed him in this little bag that you'd put on your hip and everything was tricks. So we'd teach him to like raise a paw and just do like the usual ones in the beginning. And then also when we're walking, he is like having little treats every single, I don't know, few steps, I would say. Yeah. Instead of just like a dedicated meal time, it becomes trick time. So he didn't get used to just, oh, if I sit down, I can get a bowl of food. Great. It was, he's very driven by food now, which is fantastic. And he learned a lot of tricks very, very quickly. Like at six months old, he could probably, he, he's done this stuff for like realistically at three months. He at could three do months, he could do all of it. Yeah. But he could sit, he could shake a paw, he could lie down, he could spin around, he could wait, we could walk away. Like he's just so good. It's been really, really good. So if that's probably one of my like biggest suggestions is don't give your puppy or dog your training, all of its food just in a bowl. Use mealtime as trick time and build like a strong bond between your dog and food and use that to your advantage. Well, if you think about it, if you're starving and someone has a bag of food and they're like yelling out commands and they want you to walk and they want you to do something, you're going to freaking do it because you're starving. So that's happens to me every single night in the kitchen when Nikki's yelling <laughs> at me. She's like, make dinner. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, it's been amazing. And yeah, try it with your dog. Let us know how it goes because it's helped us so much. And because he's been like, I guess you could say manipulated by food. Motivated. Yeah, motivated. That's a better word. (laughs) Mine was really negative. Motivated by food. He will pretty much do anything. Yeah. He's really good. Like, and we can now put a bowl of food on the ground and just say, wait and walk away and not even pay him attention. And he'll just sit there, wait. Like he'll drool all over the ground. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's funny. disgusting, but he'll wait. He's he's very good at that. Oh, he's awesome. We actually had a couple of people, we shared on our stories that we were doing this trick time or treat time kind of thing instead of meals. And a friend of ours reached out saying they started doing it with their dog that was a couple of years old and it improved their ability to do tricks and listen to. So you can teach an old dog new snack treats. Oh, that's a good idea. I love it. All right. On to the next one. Munching and biting and chewing. Now, this is Salem. This is Salem. This is something Salem hasn't done a lot. He hasn't really munched on shoes. He hasn't munched on furniture. He hasn't messed up our items. Touch wood, he has not destroyed anything of ours yet. Realistically, we never really gave him the chance. And this is because we work from home full time. So there's two of us like on watch. and No getting away with nothing. There's no getting away. And then when we're away, he's in his crate. So... 
there's not really any time for him to screw up and screw any of our things up. Only now have we started to leave him in the van unattended, like not in a kennel and or in a crate. And, you know, he's been really good. We haven't come back to a destroyed anything. I think it's because, let's say, the f- past, like, six months of life, he knows that when we're gone and he's in the van, he just sits there. So now if there's no crate, he's like, oh, I guess I'm still sitting here. <laughs> yeah, and it's also when he was a puppy, you know, puppies are adorable with their tiny little teeth and they'll, like, like to nibble or, it, it like, it's not hurting, but they're munching on your fingers or something like that. And from day one, we decided that that's not something we were going to let him do because that very easily develops into a habit of nibbling and biting for the rest of his life. Or knowing that biting is okay and it's really not okay and a lot of our friends, <clears throat> Jenna, Andre, to mm, name a few. I'm going to call you guys out right here on the just podcast. going to call you guys out. You're doing it. You guys are the bad grandmas that let him get away with shit. And I see you. <laughs> but honestly, that's been a, that's probably only been one of the tricky things. Like When he was starting to bite at the start, we made it very clear to him that that wasn't okay. We used like a kind of an angry, dominant voice. And we were just like, you know, telling him that that's not cool. And he got the idea pretty quickly. And then it sort of transitioned in from biting to licking. Because every time he would bite, we would say no, but then he would lick and obviously we'd, we'd congratulate good, him like, because yeah. you want to transition him out of biting to licking, but obviously licking is very irritating as well. So Which then you want to hurt or damage anything. But. You want to transition him from licking to not licking. So, so that's, that's kind the process of, we're in at the moment. Yeah, we're like at the end stages. He is getting it but every time he picks ben picks him up he licks ben's watch every every time time. (laughs) only when i pick him up on his back upside down and like hold him like a baby he always leans across (laughs) and he's like on my watch i have no idea why so your watch always has these gross streak marks oh my god so gross (laughs) but yeah he's been very good but yeah like i said it has been tricky because mom and dad can enforce the rules at home but the second anyone else picks him up and we turn away for a second and he's like munching on their finger because he's like, oh, mom and dad aren't looking. I'm going to see what I can get away with. You know, it is really tricky because like your friends don't always understand it or get it too. So it's just a matter of saying to them like, hey, this is why we're trying to do this. Like, please listen. It's really important to us. I know it's super cute, but it's really annoying and it's a habit we're trying to get him out of. I also kind of feel bad for him because let's say you're a dog, pretend you're a dog for one minute and you're getting pats and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. This is great. And you kind of like get so excited that you need to do something. So I do understand where he's coming from, where he wanted to bite and then now he wants to lick. So now he's like just standing there, kind of like looking up and staring at me every time I'm patting him. And he's kind of like, what do I do? I love this, but what do I do? I I don't think he thinks anything. He doesn't need to do anything. He just enjoys pats. He probably wants to do something because of all that energy. He just wants to nibble and lick and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, he's doing really well with biting. He's a very good oh, boy. Also, another thing, um, if he's trying to bite your finger, shove a toy in his mouth. Be mm-hmm. like, no, this is where you're supposed to bite. And that's helped a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So we said no, and then we would put a toy in his mouth and then say good boy. Yeah. And that worked really well. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Alone in the van. I suppose we touched on this a little bit, but yeah, when Salem is on his own in the van, for the most part, he's in a crate or a kennel. At the moment, do not worry. It is getting too cold and he's not in the van anymore. Um, When we leave, he's nice and warm at home. Uh, But yeah, when he was a puppy, we intentionally left him in his crate on his own and for periods of time. And it's good to 
especially for us, like we're working from home, we're hanging out with him all the time. It's good. We didn't actually have to. Yeah, we didn't have to leave. Be away from him. We chose to because we didn't want him to have like separation anxiety and freak out if he didn't know where we were. So we intentionally left him in the van in the dark and just we we started off with very short amounts of time. That first time it was like five minutes and we stood outside the van listening. And he was like, and he was so upset. So he was crying. It it was hard as a parent, a little dog parent. Yeah. (laughs) We were so sad outside, but we knew it was good for him. I would say. Maybe the first two weeks, he would be crying when we'd leave him in the van. Maybe longer, maybe a month. It was hard to know. Like, cause sometimes yeah. we'd come back and then he was crying. But it's like, had, had he been crying the whole time? Or was, did we just catch him on a little crying interval? Yeah. But I would say, like, making the time to leave him alone in the van is a really good idea. And maybe just standing outside the van listening. Or, I don't know, let's say you have to go shopping for a couple hours. And... I think we would do like an hour and then like an hour, I don't know, for a few days and then raise it up to an hour and a half, two hours. And, and then by that point, like when you're at the two hour mark, he's probably like, okay, I get it. It's all good. They're coming back. When also one thing we made the effort to do is that every single time we came back to the van and we still do this when we leave him at home, we make him feel so loved and we give him lots of cuddles and hugs because we need him to realize that we're going to come back. And, you know, it's really important f- to to help your dog realize that. Like I was saying at the start, they have no concept of time, right? So the, if you walk out the door, they're like, oh, well, I suppose they're gone. I'll never see them again. <laughs> I'm all alone. And then he's like, help, 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 help. But if you leave it a little while and come back and you're like, oh, my God, you're so good. I love you. We came back. He's like, wow, they love me. They're coming back every time. Woohoo. And then that kind of just like sinks in. And he's super chill now. We're, we still do it when we get home. And he's oh yeah, he's here on his own. And, you know, he loves it. We, um, what were we doing? Dropping off garbage the other day. And Ben set up his phone. We were like, hmm, that's six months. I wonder what he's doing when we're away. We just let him run the apartment. And it was kind of funny. He set up his phone. And we could see him waiting at the door, like turning his head, being like, what's going on? Where are they? And then he ran past behind the camera and obviously he wasn't there the entire time in the video, but I was like, what on earth is he doing? <laughs> I think he just literally went and laid down the ground with a toy. Cause yeah. when we came back in, he went back to that same spot that I assumed he was in with his toy and he was just chilling. I was like, you are amazing. I think because he's so used to the concept of him, he's like, okay, this is time for me to just chill out. They'll come back. I just need to wait. So he just goes and plays with the toy and he's just like entertaining himself or has a nap. Also, I think because he's so good at waiting, you can put food in front of him and he'll just wait for like five minutes straight staring at it. But I think he understands wait so well that waiting for us to leave and come back is also waiting. So he's like, okay, I'll just keep waiting forever. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute when we come home though. He's just like always so excited to see us and it's it's such a like beautiful welcoming thing to have in your home. But yeah, we intentionally left him alone in the van to give him that understanding that we were coming back and also that he it's okay for him to be alone. I think when we were doing this, a lot of our friends were like, oh, is he okay in the van? And it's like, well, yeah, he spends like 90% of his life outside running around. He's like barely ever in the van. It's also so like, ventilated. Like yeah, there's a fan, there's a window. It's insulated. It's and there's like, you know, there's so much air. It's comfortable. It's warm. It, it's totally chill. But like intentionally leaving him in the van it was such a strange concept for people to grasp that we were like oh is he okay in the van and it's like well yeah we're like leaving him in there for like an hour at a time it's like 
normal people go to work and leave their dog at home for eight hours at a time. Yeah. Like imagine how insane that is for a brand new puppy to understand. You don't want him to be anxious being away from you and being like terrified being alone. You know those dogs that are... Separation anxiety. That's the word. Separation anxiety. They're basically by your side or else they're yapping. Or freaking out. Oh my goodness. They go crazy. We don't want that. Um, So for example, when you're living in the van, you're sleeping on your bed and the dog's on the ground in their kennel. And realistically, you want them to be in a separate room than you to know that the separation is okay. And in the van, you can't really do that. So by leaving them alone in the van for like a few hours a day, it helped a lot to like relieve that separation anxiety. And like even towards the end of van life, before we moved into the apartment, there wasn't that much time that Salem was in the van on his own. Like we would take him into the cafe that we were working at and he would just sleep in his kennel next to us on the ground. That was amazing. So chill. I really thought he was going to be a real pain in the ass for that. And he was just so calm. He would just go to sleep. And the number of times people would walk past and not like we had this beautiful little puppy in a bag and people would only say something if we like pulled him out and they'd be like, oh my God, I didn't even know there was a dog in there. I just thought that was your like backpack. <laughs> so yeah, he's a very, very good dog. We've been very fortunate to have had him. And uh, it's nice when puppies awesome. are really tired in the beginning because yeah, you can just put them in a bag. That sounds horrible, like a bag. Like a, in a Shove them in a little bag. In a little, like, carry case and bring them into a cafe. And they're so tired, they'll sleep for four hours straight. And you can just get your work done. Puppies it was sleep amazing. so much. But when it came to, like, four and five months, um, he was insane. And it was just, like, a lot of energy. And maybe an hour and a half would go by. And then you'd hear a little, like, <laughs> he just, or he'd be like, you could just hear him rustling yeah. around. He's like, I'm ready to go do something. And we're just and like, no, like, I have like 10 more emails. And we're like, all right, one of us is going to go take you for a little run. Yeah. It's really nice having two people as well. Cause the first time I did this, it was quite difficult having one person and going to a job. So this was probably the most ideal way to raise a dog at all. Realistically. Van or not. It's just been but so good. I actually think van and two people is the ideal way because there's two people that work from home, plus you have like the outside that's right there and everyone's always together and it's nonstop training, nonstop watching him and it's been really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. I have nothing else to say. I totally agree. Wow. Okay, we should end the podcast here. Okay, oh my bye. God. Thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> no kidding. Couple more things. I'm just kidding. Morning routines though, this is something that's like pretty simple, but we, especially when he was younger, we would always make the effort that as soon as we got up, we would take him outside to pee or poop and we would do that straight away because he's got a tiny little bladder and he can't hold it as long as we can. So that was our first priority. Now that he's a little bit older, when we get up, he's really chill. He's not like standing at the door, like itching to go. Um, But yeah, I I think it's just like, you know, your dog has got a much smaller bladder than you, even if you have a great Dane. So put their toilet priorities before yours. And then you're not going to have an accident. So that's the last thing you want is cleaning yeah. up an accident, especially in a tiny spot like a van. Oh, it would not be fun. Thankfully, we didn't have to deal with that. But morning routine is definitely key. It's key for humans in life as well, but also key for dogs because they want to know that they can go take a big poo in the morning. Big old stinker. Wow. Anyway, and then after he'd done that, uh, we would have our coffee and breakfast and chill out. And then after we've had breakfast... We would do trick time or food time with him. And we've never fed Salem at the same time that we are eating. It, I think it it's kind of helps with like a, a bit of a dominance thing so that he knows that we're the boss. But we always eat first. Yeah. And then we feed him. And just 
helps him respect mum and dad and he's not a little annoying teenager turd and also by training them with their food so two meals a day or three whatever um, and training them with the treats it's really good to make them tired in a way because they're thinking a lot and if you're walking as well they're moving um, and just like thinking and trying to understand what the human wants is going to exhaust them a little bit. We actually realized that he was like really tired sometimes after, after like our trick training time. And I think we really realized how much like brain power it used for him to understand. Well, like let's say we had, I don't even know if this makes sense, but let's say we had like a hundred pebbles of food in his portion. I don't know if that's true or not, but like 50 to a hundred, let's say. So if he's doing a series of things tricks and or walking for like a one little thing of food that's a lot of tricks realistically his mind's like uh what am i doing now holy crap ah i want that food (laughs) yeah and we would give him like one piece of kibble for each trick because he had a tiny little belly doesn't need to eat crazy amounts of food but obviously it's like proportionate to your dog but yeah what happened when we got an apartment pretty much nothing nothing changed he's he's you know, I think a few people have been like, oh, Salem must be really enjoying having that space. And it's like... Oh, I think he is. Do you remember that yeah, first at week? Same, at the same time, though, like he was outside so much as a puppy. Yeah. Like, he spent a lot of time outside when we we're in the van. I think it's a misconception that we just left him in the van all day and that's it. And he's a depressed dog. He was outside so much. I think he's seen more of the world also than any other dog. Not any other dog. There's also <laughs> other Instagram dogs out there. But like... <laughs> Most dogs sit at home and they get to play when their owners are home and that's it. It's like this dog travels. He goes on hikes with us. He's been to a ton of different towns. He's explored a ton of places. Like this little dude's got a good life, I think. I think what changed when we moved into an apartment is that every time we'd go to our friend's house, he would go insane because he'd be like, holy crap, it's warm and it's nice space. I can run like crazy. So He's he not, would do hot laps around Cody's house. He's not used to houses. He was just used to the van, which has like no floor space. So he doesn't understand running inside of a space. So when we got into the apartment, he was just like running like crazy. And he finally understood what a house is, what an apartment is. Because, yeah, he would go like he would run like crazy in our just friend's hot house. Laps. It was so funny. Zoomies. Um, but a funny thing that happened when we transitioned to the apartment was because the space in the van is so small, like the ground floor space is so small. He mm-hmm. is so used to being like at our feet. So as soon as we moved into the apartment, he was at our feet the entire time. I was stepping on him and I would tell him Moving to move. in? Oh my God. The number of I'm times like, we stood on here. his little feet and he's like, I'm like, why are you standing one foot away from me at all times? And it's, I think it's because he was used to it for like two months. That's all he knew. And now we're in the apartment and he's finally starting to get the idea that he has his kennel or he's like crate and he has like a little you know normal dog bed and he's got multiple places to be or he can go chill out in the rug and munch on his toy he doesn't have to be right at our feet he doesn't so. even have to like look at us at all times although he just sits there and stares at us and it's because we're, you're so beautiful <laughs> you know australian shepherds i don't know if you guys know but i feel like they can stare you into your soul that's how i feel and he looks at me like he knows like he's trying to read my mind I don't know because a lot of dogs like I've met some and they just kind of look like I don't know they don't really care they're like whatever they're like just a dog but I feel like he's like a little human maybe he's trying to telepathically convince you to put more food in his bowl (laughs) probably he's like sitting there trying so hard he's like like, maybe if I look cute she'll give me something 
That's what Ben always thinks. So he's probably taken after That's you. That's why I'm put on a couple of pounds. Because wow. I keep looking at Nikki real cute and she's like, oh, he's a cute he's a cute boyfriend. I'll give him another <laughs> cookie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of it. That, like honestly, that it's not been a huge difference going from the van to the apartment. And whether you're training your dog in a van or whether you're training your dog in an apartment or a house or whatever, m- most of these like rules will apply. Realistically, it's like have them outside lots. Make sure you give them some personal time on their own. Make it really obvious when you come back and give them lots of love and all those kinds of things. and Squeeze their paws, do weird shit. And give them big cuddles. But I have Spin to say... Spin them around, turn them upside down. I have to say one thing. So by raising him in a van and then going into an apartment, there wasn't much of a difference and it was more like more space, more relief. But if you're raising him in an apartment, mm. I do not like raising dogs in apartments. I think it's horrible. Just because of the difference, like the floor and the elevator thing or non-elevator thing, uh, it just really sucks for the pee thing, you know? I think going from an apartment to a van would be very confusing for your dog. Yeah. If you do it the other way, I think you'd really need to like ease them into that. Uh, and like I, let's say road trips, like weekend trips in the van just to get them mm-hmm. understanding it like sometimes and then... Not surprise, all your floor space gone. Yeah. yeah you're outside all the time. Yeah, because they might feel a bit crazy. I don't know. I've never experienced that, but... If anyone has gone from apartment life or house life to van life with their dog, I'd love to hear how that went and how your dog reacted to well, it. Well, I think Jess and Noah... I suppose they did. Yeah. Yeah, and their dog was chill. Well, we're going to have to let them. Vinny well, he's he's chill. a little... He's really high energy and really yeah, he's ADD. he's a big boy. He's a big happy boy. He's an ADD crazy boy. <laughs> he's just a big dog. He needs all the He's got a lot yeah. of energy. He needs to do a lot of running. <laughs> But anyway, that is the episode about Salem and raising a puppy in the van. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I know it's a little bit different to our last episode about commercial work, but hey, we gotta, we're sharing a bit of everything. We're sharing our whole life. This is our lives. And, you know, trying to answer the question of, are we there yet? And that means going into every little orifice of our every life. Every crevice. I hope we covered yeah. everything dog related that you would be interested to know about. We were really thinking about what to talk about on this episode, and I think we covered it all. But if we didn't, please let us know, and we would love to maybe add on. We do a in part two. Yeah, maybe a part two. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys tuning in and plugging in your ears and having a good listen to our voices for a little while here. So if you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, share it with your grandma. You can play it for your dog when you go out and they can listen to us talk about dogs. Also, we've really, really appreciated everyone who shared it on their stories. It means so much to us and all the feedback we've been getting has been amazing. And we're just so happy that you guys are enjoying it. And we're excited to do the next one and then the next one after that. And then the next one. Yeah. And the next one after that. All right. Love you guys and see you later.